Welcome back to season two. We are so grateful for your continued support and for those new to the podcast. We look forward to sharing our getting dirty and growing strong stories with you. Where the Lotus Grows is an entirely listener-supported show. Supporting us is also designed to support you through keeping the growth flowing and also through rewards like guided meditations, personal affirmations, and extended behind-the-scenes content of our adventures in podcasting. Hop over and visit patreon.com backslash where the lotus grows and become a supporting member of the Creatitarian community. Where the lotus grows. Where the lotus grows. Creatitarians, getting dirty and growing strong. Courageitarians, we're glad to have you back with us today. We have um, a fun one today, kind of a, a softball, if you will, but a really, really important topic close to both Kim and I, um, near and dear to our hearts. What are we talking about today, Kim? We're going to talk about rest, yes. restoring our bodies. Yes, I feel like this is so important (laughs) it's extremely important and I mean for me coming off of surgery I was really reminded about the long deep uh, silence and solitude that Mm -hmm. I need to restore my body to to recharge me right literally to heal to be still and quiet you know I've done some art therapy through uh, chemo and as we're recording today I'm looking at a piece of art that I've made it's a little easel that sits on my desk at home and it says take time to relax to breathe Mm -hmm. to sleep to dream to imagine and to play and Mm -hmm. um, I think you know I I need those reminders because life can kind of just you know take you in a lot of different directions especially since society um glorifies not resting yeah i do think that that's something when you know you list a few of like the positives that came out of the pandemic i do think um because we have that brief pause where people have to stop for a minute i think it forced some people to be like wait what am i I, I can do this. I'm allowed to just chill for a minute. Like that hedonic treadmill, right? That we talk about all the time that you just kind of continue doing what you're doing. I think the forced break made some people realize how much they were overexerting themselves in ways that might not have been healthy. Absolutely. You know, because I've heard people say, and even myself sometimes, uh, when we allow ourselves to rest, some you hear people say, I'm so tired. Well, you're mm-hmm. not tired from the rest. You're tired from your life. And mm-hmm. because you took a moment to slow down, it shines a light on just how tired you actually are. For sure. For sure. And I think, too, sometimes we get into a pattern. And I think Sorry, we're all guilty of this, but this was a little serendipitous thing that 
came up that I was just going to share with you before. And I'm like, oh, I'll save it for the podcast. You know how sometimes you pick a topic or something comes up and then all of a sudden you other people are talking about the same thing. Um, <laughs> so I was listening to a totally unrelated podcast to ours and Dr. Lori Santos, who does the Happiness Lab and the Science of Wellbeing Project at Yale. I took her course at the very, very beginning of the pandemic. It's excellent. Um, she was saying that rest because we had talked about, we were going to talk about rest and then here she was talking about rest. She's like, you know, so many times we don't actually rest. We do some things that we think are rest, but really make us feel kind of yucky, like play on our phone for four hours. (laughs) So we like to be like, oh yeah, I got four hours of rest, but you didn't really because you were scrolling or commenting or getting triggered by news or something Um, Or even something as um, kind of like, uh, you know, watching something on TV. Maybe you do need to carve out time for entertainment. I agree. But perhaps if you're watching something that is stimulating your nervous system because it's, you know, maybe it's an anxiety inducing action film or something. It's not helping you rest. (laughs) So sometimes we do things that we think are resting that aren't really restful. And so what Dr. Lori Santos was saying was really taking the time to do something that is restful. Hers was tied to happiness. So not just rest. Rest was one of the things physical activity and like getting outside and that kind of thing was one of the other things that she pointed out was really helpful. Um, and for me, I find that, um, if I do something physical, especially physically exerting like hiking or something that's really gets me going, I like to have a period of rest afterwards where I'm really focused, you know, it might be a hot Epsom salt bath or something, but it's where I'm able to focus and process all of the stimulus that I just took in, even though I was outside in nature to get rest after that process, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I always think of rest as it needs to be a place where it's silent. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. dark. So, so the lights are dimmed um, Mm -hmm. and it has to be warmth. There needs to be warm. And like even even though you just mentioned an Epsom salts bath, you you generally get that. It's it's silent in your bathroom, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's warm, you're in warm water, and mm-hmm. you generally have candles or you know, the lights dimmed down in your bathroom. You don't have a wall on like you're putting on makeup, just, right? It's a different lady. Exactly. I just recently moved. I used to have a Himalayan pink salt lamp like on my bedside table. I just recently moved it to the bathroom. It has been a game changer to put on that low pink warm light when I take a bath um, has really been incredible. And I never thought anything so silly as putting a a lamp in your bathroom (laughs) would change it. But, you know, I've got little ones of candles isn't always a thing that I can do. But to be able to um, just put on that low light, I absolutely agree, helps. It almost switches a switch to let you know that rest is coming or appropriate well then the nervous i always think of the nervous system right because that's mm-hmm. that's what happening when we rest right sure. yeah. is we're uh 
moving from the sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic nervous system. So for our listeners, in in case you're not aware, right, the sympathetic helps us uh, save lives, right? It prevents and uh, injury. It's it's life enhancing. It's like a jolt of energy, and it keeps that sympathetic tone, and it regulates our blood pressure and blood flow. Right, kind of that run away from the dinosaur thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the parasympathetic is anything that takes time, including growth and repair. Um, Sleep, you know, elimination, digestion. immunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of that stuff. Right, that's our relaxation response. So. We've got this bathroom concept going at the back. <laughs> so I, I was thinking, you know, the nervous system's kind of like a dry sponge. Um, an old dry sponge won't wipe up water. But if we soak the nervous system in a wet sponge and we observe, we can absorb stuff. And because we're so overstimulated, it takes us like 10 or 15 minutes to move mm-hmm. out of that sympathetic nervous system. So then you kind of want to steep in it for a while so that your body can be reminded that it can be in this calm state. So staying there like 20 or 25 minutes is such a gift. Absolutely. My um, my yoga teacher says this all the time, but you know, the the switching over for that uh, from parasympathetic or from sympathetic to parasympathetic it, you have to teach our body, you have to teach your body to flip that switch. So many of us have kind of been on the, we're in sympathetic all the time, ending the stress cycle, letting your body know that, hey, it's okay to turn the stress off now. She always compared it to, have you ever seen your dog get hurt and somewhat like you accidentally stepped on its paw or you see your dog do something dumb you know run into a screen door or something um and what do they do after they've done something they they might yelp or cry out it's a stressful situation but your dog will shake it off right Mm -hmm. right (laughs) something happens it shakes it off additionally when your dog needs to go lie down they will just go and lie down They'll, they're up for, I mean, especially, you know, you and I both have active dogs. They're up to do whatever you want to do. Um, but when they're done, they just go take the rest. Like they have that cycle, that switch to tur- to complete the cycle. That's what she calls it, to complete the cycle of stress. So in order to fully complete the stress cycle, the rest comes at the end. You have to and, shake it out or you just rest. And dogs are a great teacher because I, I don't know if you mm-hmm. and Tom have ever noticed that like Nick and I will be doing something. We're like, where's the dog? Well, the dog's mm-hmm. gone up to bed. We're still mm-hmm. going at it. But the dog's like, no, like, <laughs> you guys are crazy. Like it's time to rest. And mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, they're, they're a good teacher and they're really good at um, regulating themselves. Yeah. You know, when we, when we shift into that, um, uh, parasympathetic that that restful place um, it shifts our brain waves and our blood chemistry into that growth and repair so mm-hmm. you know for me in this last eight weeks it's it's been really important for me to be in this rest and repair stage um, and it, it was just so valuable you know in the beginning uh, I think you had even said it was really hard right not to check in with me but 
I needed that solitude to repair from everything. And uh, right. I, I've always given myself around my lunchtime. Um, so my, my afternoon group of clients that come into the studio know, uh, you know, not to show up too early because I'm in one of my rest and repair stages where I guess you could think of it kind of as my adult nap, right? It's not too glamorous, but, you know, I take a, a moment in the middle of my day to get into a restorative posture and just to be with the silence of, of my body, my body rhythm, you know, my heartbeat, my breath, and um, mm-hmm. just let things settle. And it really recharges me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do something similar, usually somewhere around two o'clock. Then I start to get sluggish. And especially with the kiddos who don't seem to have that issue. Uh, (laughs) Then I'm like, okay, let's turn stuff off. Let's, you know, throw our feet up in the air. Let's put them on the couch. Let's lay down on the floor. Um, And we often do a little and and don't get me wrong there's also been times where I'm like okay if you guys want to go play <laughs> mom needs this time to rest but I try to get them incorporated in it um to just take that time exactly the same as you said you know throw throw my legs up the wall or find a, a comfortable seat where I can have my back supported and really feel um and take for me it's like a mini nap <laughs> Like just where maybe I'm there a little bit, but not a hundred percent. Like let it go and just focus on breathing. And um, I find it really recharges me. So do you find that with your afternoon clients that then you feel ready to like as recharged with them as you do your morning clients? Yeah, absolutely. It, it allows yeah. me to be present with them. It's It's like, okay, like, you know, that part of my day is done. And now how can I nourish myself and do something for myself before, because of my morning routine preps me for my morning clients. And mm-hmm. I don't want my afternoon, evening clients to get leftovers. Uh, and, and sometimes those, you know, it takes a lot of energy to be a healer, helping other people, you know, just help, helping facilitate, you know, their, their journey. Right. So Mm-hmm. It, it's really helpful for me to take that that midday section. You know, I, I was preparing for my university students because we started the new semester last week, and um, I guess two weeks ago now. But I, I was teaching them about the foundations of yoga and yoga therapy, and mm-hmm. so I was into my uh, Patanjali sutras, mm-hmm. and it, it makes me think about uh, Patanjali talks about asana. And he talks about it in a lot of verses, but um, we know that asana means seeds and uh, stira sukham asana, right? Stira, it means to stay or abide, a deep willingness to be still regardless of the conditions with the ease and lack of suffering. And asana, a seat in which there are two qualities, stillness and ease. And so we can even look to the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali to remind us that it is okay to rest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's part of the yoga philosophy to rest. Absolutely. And to, and to be still. Oh, I, I totally agree. The benefits are 
um, exponential. I do find it interesting. I know culturally we're shifting and we're kind of, um, I pointed it out because of the pandemic. I think many people got it before that and are like, hey, Tanya, um, we've been resting long before <laughs> the pandemic. But I think that um, as a culture, like just the broader picture the idea that, you know, no, we do need time for ourselves. We do need time to recharge. And that the idea of go, go, go isn't serving us, right? One of the biggest buzzwords of the last two and a half years that we've been going through this is burnout, right? Everybody's getting burnout. I'm, there's, there's parental burnout from kids being at home. There's um, obviously, you know, medical burnout. Teachers are experiencing burnout in higher levels than we've had before because of all of the circumstances. And the key to um, lessening the damage of that burnout and the key to not burning out is to taking real and substantial rest for ourselves and really taking time to do it. Like you said, to be quiet, to have low light, to be warm and cozy. those are really important things. And as much fun as it is to scroll on Instagram for an hour, you're not resting during that time. You, <laughs> Your brain you're is not still doing, going. Yeah, you're not practicing pratyahara, right? I mean, mm-hmm. rest is removing the senses. Mm-hmm. And if you're scrolling or you're numbing out in front of the TV or you have your earbuds in, you're not, you know, there's still sight, sound, touch happening. Uh, mm-hmm. All of our senses. And what we crave is this pulling back from those senses because we're so overstimulated. Absolutely. And, you know, to back to the sutra that you pointed out for what Patanjali said, to be able to sit amongst whatever's going on. And that's hard. That's hard even from the perspective of like as a mom who can look around and be like, oh, the kids are, maybe the kids are napping. Maybe the kids are outside. This would be my opportunity to jump on picking up toys and, you know, doing dishes and throwing a load of laundry in. Yeah, but I really need to sit amongst the toys and the laundry (laughs) and the dirty dishes and just be still for a bit. Those things will still be there. All of the things, even whether it's your work, you know, your clients, whatever it is, they will still be there when you are done with your rest. And well, isn't there a, a, a thing that like when your baby's sleeping, you should be sleeping? And I, I've even seen a yeah. cartoon uh, where it's like, you know, uh, if the baby's outside, then you'd be outside and you know, <laughs> so on and so forth. And so that it, you know, you're sharing that just made me think of the cartoon that I saw lately where it was like, you know, it's okay. It's a lived in house and it's okay to be a lived yeah. in house. It doesn't have but to be this crooked cur- curated home. And here's the other piece of it, Kim. It's hard. And I'm going to, I'm going to take this from a mom perspective because as a, a, you know, been a homeschool mom now for two and a half years and like basically in our little family bubble um for the most part without you know too much getting too broad um there is also a yes there's the need and the desire for rest 
But that hour of scrolling on your phone really does have a role. I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have that time because there is a whole level of, um, as a parent, yes, the, the idea that you sleep, haha, you sleep while the baby sleeps. You need to have time for you and time for rest. So you do need to have time for you where whether it's scrolling or listening to your favorite song or listening to an audiobook or having a good chat with a friend, like there are the stimulating things that are rejuvenating, similar to rest, that you need to have your own space so that you're not 100% at the service of others all of the time. And it can be really, really hard when the baby's napping <laughs> to be like, no, this is when I need to take the rest. Not just because the laundry is there, but also like, well, when do I get time for me? So I've heard of lots of moms who end up staying up late and actually missing rest because their whole day is given to their family, right? So it's not until the kids go to bed that they can enjoy a book or some music or a podcast or um, that time to scroll on their phone. And so then it takes away from their rest time. So I, I just wanted to point out that I feel like that's an important factor too, that um, carving out rest should be separate from carving out just for you. I think that's a great point. Taking the That's only 40 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're talking about carving out rest just for you, there's a whole um, physiological process that's happening, right? Our breath slows down, Mm -hmm. our heart rate slows down, um, our blood pressure kind of regulates, uh, and the body becomes less acidic. So, you know, for me coming mm-hmm. off of chemo, mm-hmm. I'm dealing with a lot of acid in my body. And I have to be reminded that, geez, you know, even though I've put on weight during this treatment, if I allow myself the rest, allow myself the restorative, there's still a lot happening. My uh, my heart rate's going to come back to what my typical resting heart rate was before my blood pressure will lower. I'll have less acid in my body. Um, and for a type A kind of go, go, go person, uh, you know, I continually need to be reminded of that. Matter of fact, I think it was, I was trying to think when we were preparing for this, like what birthday it was. I think it was either my 47th or 48th birthday. I gave myself the gift of going to a restorative yoga training and not mm-hmm. doing it to get the certification. I, I didn't take the steps to get the certification. I did it as a four to five day intensive restorative rest retreat for myself because right. I needed the validation that, yeah, you know, there's a lot of value here in rest and it's okay to do it. And, you know, yoga is like really big on the, uh, you know, end of your trainings, you know, what's your one word? And I remember my word was validation and people kind of looked at me, but we were only supposed to give one word. And I wanted to say, can I give you two or three sentences to, get, <laughs> to explain why I picked that word? Because, you know, yeah. everyone else is speaking, you know, gratitude and peace and, you know, all those sunny yeah. words and mine was validation because that's what I needed at the time. 
I love that. I love that. I, you saying that and taking that um, made me think of, there was a whole trimester when we were in grad school um, where the, the topic of study was meditation and yoga nedra. And I remember being so like, this is the life, right? That we are in college <laughs> and our whole job today, our whole assignment is going to be to go to class, get out our notebook, take a few notes, and then wrap ourselves up in blankets and put eye pillows on and just experience yoga nedra for like days. <laughs> and I was like, this is the best way to experience grad school. <laughs> It, it was right, but I also found when we would do that, I would when we get to the airport, I would the over like it was such a mirror then of how overstimulated everything was, and mm-hmm. it was almost like a shock to our system because we had just spent hours the whole weekend emerged, yeah, yes, or a deep rest, and mm-hmm. then we would leave our bubble. It was really, it was, it was, um, I guess, surprising to my system each time, but Mm -hmm. it was also nice to witness the difference, the contrast between the two. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you know, just to remind me that, you know, when I get back, I'm probably going to fall right into that trap. And what choices did I want to make to possibly not fall right back into it? Yeah. Yeah. And how... It's it's so funny because you and I both um, identify as kind of type A doers and um, both of us come from a past of really being fed that idea that that's what you're supposed to do. Um, and so hitting kind of middle age at this time in history where all these things are happening, where it's like, um, maybe that's not what you're supposed to be doing and maybe that's not... And all of these little things, if I I feel so hopeful, you talking about school made me think of this, for the next generation and the generations to come, but younger women in particular, because um, we're friends with people from the, you know, 20 years younger than us, um, to have the opportunity to learn this. Because for me, it didn't fully, fully, fully kick in that rest was an acceptable thing and that I didn't need to martyr myself for everything else and everyone else for the last maybe five to seven years of my life. So well into my 30s, like you know, later 30s, <laughs> before it was like, oh yeah, rest is important. The idea of filling your own cup, keeping your cup full because you can't give from an empty cup. The idea of the analogy that I love using the most is the one that they use in the airplane, which is put your own oxygen on first before assisting anyone else. Like it is so important to put yourself first in that instant. And I don't think that I had that in my teens and 20s and I don't know that I would have been able to do it (laughs) I mean I was very I don't know about you but in my 20s I was like I'll sleep when I'm dead you know I'll 
I you know? didn't sleep at all. I, I would get up, go to school all day, you know, work a full-time job. And then, you know, mm-hmm. I was in my 20s, so I wanted to go out and party. And then I had to yeah. study again. I don't think I slept in my 20s. <laughs> right. Right. And that's that's what I'm saying. And I feel like so many younger people have this knowledge that we did not have. <laughs> we well, were not given us, this knowledge. They've seen us work and work and work and work and work. And, and you and I have to talked what about benefit? this. Like, like yeah. I've been working since I was 12 and I'm 50 and I'm kind of tired mm-hmm. from it all. Um, and there's no sight of, you know, retirement with uh, going through the trifecta of the Great Recession, the pandemic, and now a chronic illness uh, financially, how that's left me. And so I know that I need deep rest to heal from this chronic illness. But then there's that responsibility side where you're like, when does that come? And now I I go and I rest. And mm-hmm. I am doing the spiritual healing that I started doing during the pandemic. Uh, my spiritual healer said to me one time, she's like, I you weren't taught rest. And my dad mm-hmm. even said that, like, he was, I don't know, he was probably in his late seventies. And he said to me, he goes, I taught you a great work ethic, but what I wish I would have taught you more was how to slow down. Oh, and wow. He was already learning that lesson in his life. Uh, and it was nice to kind of get his permission or, or that light bulb for him to say, uh, what to a me, gift. Yeah. 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 Goosebumps. <laughs> and, and now I don't, I don't apologize for needing rest, but my spiritual healer said to me, uh, and her and I were talking a lot about this during chemo. And she said, you know, if at the end of the day, when you go home, you don't have energy, then you overworked that day Mm -hmm. that, you know, which is like, whether you're in treatment or not. And if you wake up in the morning, if you wake up and don't feel rested, then again, it's another sign that you overscheduled yourself. And mm-hmm. I really started using that as my gauge, as my check-in with my body. Um, you know, does my body and mind feel completely rested? And if it doesn't, then, you know, I need to make some adjustments coming up in my schedule. Mm-hmm. I I think the schedule that I have now, I you know, a, a lot of things are being filled with medical appointments. But when the medical appointments aren't so heavy, I think I'm going to allow that space to be there. I I think my solitude in December um, really solidified that for myself. And when when you and I do breath practices with clients, we talk about the fact that if, if you're going to do a breath practice, the mind has to take a backseat. And I think we learned this from Doug Keller's work. If the mind is so present when you're doing a pranayama practice, then it gets agitated. But if you let the mind take a back seat and you observe the breath, right, it comes from a place from your heart, then it's effortless. And it makes me wonder if if we allowed ourselves more time to rest as a nation and get out of our heads and drop down into our hearts, would we have less hatred? Would we have more flexibility, more respect for one another? I think that's super valid. I I do. And I mean, I never really thought about it that way. But yeah, if we were able to, it almost is like that. The idea 
and the rest and accepting the rest and accepting that everyone else needs it too is just a form of compassion. And so I would think so. Do you know what I mean? That it would that right. it would be that, that that would be true. And and that's an act of compassion for yourself. To have that, to give yourself that. And so if if it were a practice as a people, and you know, I do think some cultures do have more emphasis on rest. I would almost. It makes me think when you were saying that, you know, like it makes me think of Judith Lassiter because we've heard her say, I think you took some of the trainings, same trainings that I've taken, but you Mm -hmm. hear her say so eloquently and so peaceful with this peaceful tones. And she'll say, Oh, pardon me, you know, how human of me. Yeah. (laughs) And we forget that we're human, right? It's like sometimes we have resistances, but if we can notice the resistance and remind ourselves mm-hmm. that we're human, I mean, you have a small child, uh, sm- not all small children want to go down for their nap when it's yeah. nap time, right? And there's a little yeah. bit of resistance and how human of them to have resistance. Um, it, you know, it's, it happens at a very young age with us and we forget that as adults that we're still we're still human that that resistance is still part of us but, you know we still want it to be part of our attention but um you know can and, can we approach it with love yes love yeah absolutely you you saying that about you know the resistance part of it um circling back to talking about when we were in our 20s and you know we had to go 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 um, but thinking about how a child views it, I think a lot of resistance comes from FOMO, right? So fear of missing out. The the idea of FOMO, like, for, so for Jessa, my three-year-old, um, I think sometimes the resistance to nap, she doesn't do it so much in the evening. Um, she's very comfortable with being like, I'm tired. <laughs> but the no napping, napping stopped a long time ago because I need to be a part of what's going on. And I think for us in our 20s, you know, we needed to, to be a part of what was going on. We needed to be in everything. And now that we've experienced more of life, <laughs> I think we know how unimportant it is <laughs> to be in everything and doing all the time. I think we, um, the idea of fear of missing out is, you know, we, we're not missing anything. <laughs> by taking good care of ourselves Um, because it's really clear that that should be a a vital part of how we recharge yeah and I think sometimes when we uh when we put too much emphasis on the external right Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes we have an issue with with thinking that an outside source has more authority than our internal self. So it it comes down to trusting ourselves and, uh, you know, asking ourselves as adults, like, like who, who are we giving our autonomy to away to and why are we giving it away? Um, And maybe that, maybe that FOMO still carries on as adults too. But uh, I think that you're right. As, as we age, we get, you know, we lose a little bit of that. 
Um, and it, it yeah. becomes more of an external internal, but you know, we need to get grounded within ourselves and be okay. Like I don't apologize for rest anymore. Even if mm-hmm. I'm with another doer, I just say like, Hey, you know, uh, Kim needs her quiet time <laughs> and I yeah. will be a better person, more connected and engaged with you. If I can have that moment. Yeah, no, I agree. I, you know, I, as we've, um, kind of gone through these steps because we threw it out there that we were going to talk about this but we didn't necessarily outline it um, like we have with some of our other topics um, as we kind of circle circle back and kind of tick off well, what is important what is giving rest um, you said something that I felt like really kind of pinned it all together which is to give yourself permission and I think that that's a big piece in general, is the permission for yourself, the internal permission to unplug, step away, and then take all the steps, make it quiet, make it, um, you know, dark if you're, if you're into that. Granted, if you're outside and it's a beautiful sunny day, it might still be, you know, and your senses might be a little calm music in the background, or you can hear the, the water at the lake or something, you know, it doesn't have to be isolating, but restorative in the real, real sense of, you know, restoration to rebuild yourself. Yeah, That's I, I what think, we're missing or yes, what we need more of. Yes, I absolutely agree. You know, and sometimes you hear people say, well, I'm a left brain person. I'm a right brain person. And mm-hmm. so what I want to do is we're kind of probably getting towards the end of our conversation is, is just to give you some reasons and why you might want to relax. So if you're a left brain person, it's going to decrease your, your blood pressure and your heart rate. It's mm-hmm. going to release muscle tension, fatigue, and anxiety. It's going to increase your sleep and your immune function and fertility. Rest deeply prepares you for sleep. And it makes that sponge in the nervous system able to absorb. And it helps to manage chronic pain. It balances that blood chemistry and mood. And Herbert Bunsen, right? The relaxation has an anti-aging with Mm -hmm. your uh, telomeres, right? Your nerves. Mm -hmm. If you're a right brain person, uh, it's going to help you with connectedness, creativity, expansiveness. It's going to help you focus and live in a life of gratitude, to be grounded, um, to have insight, that interoception, intuition, the joyfulness of life, maintenance, practicing during injury, kind of letting go, uh, to respond versus react, to have safety and self-love, wisdom and recharge that, that freedom. So I think it's important for us to really take a moment and really understand the value and, you know, what choice do you want to make? How do you want to show up in life? Absolutely. And it seems like there are so many benefits, like the the left and right that you just offered. I identified with both of those things, <laughs> like needing more of, of both of those things, um, both sides Absolutely. of those, like every single thing on that list. I was like, yes, I'd like more of that. I would like to be able to pay closer attention. I would like a better immune system. I would like 
more creativity. And when we have like that huge resistance to doing it, like we don't want to do it. We have all this list of reasons why it's justified. We're not doing it. That's when we need it the most. It's something that like um, is becoming an important topic. That's becoming something that people are talking about. People are practicing. And I don't think that it's no longer um, taboo or that you're a, a party pooper if you need to take the rest. Um, I think people are really, really understanding now. Like you said, I will be a better person <laughs> and be more present with you if I yeah. get the rest that I need first. Tony, I think you you make a good point where we don't have to be on 24-7. And I think that is a shift that we're seeing in the pandemic I had just read an article um, recently where it's like, stop apologizing for not responding to an email in a timely response because Mm -hmm. we're all doing the best that we can and we are allowed times to shut off. And it, it just makes me think about um, this quote and I'm sorry, I'm not sure who, who said it, but silence is not the absence of noise. It's the absence of agitation. Oh, I like that. Whoever said it, that's pretty profound. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Courageous Tags. We're so happy to have many days of rest. Absolutely. Catch you next time. Show notes and resources grow on our website, wherethelotusgrows.com. If you're wanting to engage with the topics we present in a deeper way, it's a great place to go for a more immersive experience and links to pertinent show information. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or subscribe on our website to get our weekly blog, personalized weekly mantra, and links to listen to the show. We're so grateful for all the reviews, recommendations, membership support, and suggestions that you provide us. As always, our member platform is at patreon.com backslash where the lotus grows this is where you can go to donate to the show to help keep us going and get a few rewards for your support thank you courageitarians we love having you as our sangha until next week remember though we are professionals in our field the topics discussed and or advice given is general information and not intended as treatment or diagnosis please seek the guidance of a medical integrative health bodywork or yoga therapy professional for full evaluation.